This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas, powered by U-Mobile. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. The Ministry of Finance is forecasting our economy to grow moderately between 4 and 5% in 2023 compared to the anticipated 65 to 7% growth for this year. With banks as a barometer of the economy, does this mean challenging times ahead, especially in a rising interest rate environment? We speak to Dato Ong Eng Bing, CEO of OCBC Malaysia, one of the largest foreign banks in terms of assets, loans and deposits and even investments in this country. Thank you for coming on the Breakfast Grill, Dato. So let's start with an outlook. Is the bank expecting 2023 to be a more challenging year with the impending slowdown? Are you already seeing signs of that? Thanks, Xiaoning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you're right. I think uh, the climate is very, very choppy. I think we see interest rates and political issues around the corner. But I, I think we need to be optimistic I think the more prepared we are, I think the more ready we are to take challenges. Mm. I think the banking industry is still growing. Economy is still going. And I, I, I think, I believe that when we announce our third quarter GDP, the numbers will be positive, very, very positive. Well, they're coming uh, out this Friday, right? Yes, the numbers. yes. So how is the bank preparing for it? Because you just mentioned that it is. So what are, are you doing? Uh, is OCBC then expecting a rise or providing more in the for, for 2023? I think coming up from uh, the COVID lockdowns, I think most banks have started to uh, release back the provisions as mm. our customers start repaying, repaying their loans. However, I think working with the regulators, we know that uh, uh, times are challenging. So I think we're not bringing back as many provisions that we are writing back uh, to prepare. Okay. And I'm always interested in your conversations with clients, right? Those are those, uh, they are very uh, intuitive. So can you give us some sense in terms of what kind of strengths are you already seeing for certain types of accounts? And are you already talking to clients about restructuring their loans? Is it too early for us to be so <laughs> pessimistic? Because, you know, there is a saying about bankers, right, that they take away the umbrella on a rainy day. <laughs> well, we, we now provide a lot of umbrellas for the sunny day because it's getting really, really hot during the climate change, right? Yeah. But okay, let's look at our customers. I think the SMEs, uh, they had suffered quite a fair bit. Uh, they are very relieved that the lockdowns have been removed. They are doing well. Uh, but they're also a bit uh, concerned. So we don't see much investments that they have. They are more working on extending uh, working capital. Mm. I think they have issues with labour, all kinds of stuff like that. So we don't see them expanding. Whereas the bigger companies, I think they still have the firepower. They're not as hurt as uh, the, the other smaller retail customers. So they're still expanding. They're looking at opportunities. As the market takes a nosedive, I think values come up. Mm. And despite what we say, I think there are still a lot of possibilities of consolidation in the market. Okay, and what about uh, the ordinary men on the street? You know, are they suffering? Do you see them actually coming to the banks and say, "Oh, I need help with my my mortgage." You know, I want to restructure it. We don't see that yet. Uh, OCBC, we have been very, very careful. I think, uh, as you know, we we have been very uh, uh, concerned about the property market yes. many years ago. So we actually stayed away from the market because we felt that I think there were just too much speculation. So way back in 2015, we started uh, slowing down the, the uh, lending. 
we were at that point in time the number one foreign bank in lending mortgages. Um, we knew that uh, even if we stop the the, the product is such that, you know, the drawdowns will progressively continue for mm. the next two and a half years. And true enough, we started seeing the the slowdown. In fact, if you look back, I think property prices have not actually increased since 2015, 2016. And we were, uh, in a way, we are quite accurate in predicting the downtrend. And also with COVID, uh, the two years of lockdown really uh, helped us to manage a book that was not so big. Uh, is that why it's only one-third? Mortgages are only yeah, one-third yeah. of the OCBC book. Yeah. Do you see a recovery then in the property sector? Will you change that ratio to be more aggressive in the mortgage market or this is pretty much the status quo for the moment? I think the sentiment of buyers today are more for buying to stay. Mm. Uh, they see value. They're not looking at property markets you know, skyrocketing. Uh, even though you can see all over the world, the property markets are going up. But of course, with the interest rates uh, going up again, I think property prices are now starting to come down to more affordable levels. Uh, with that, we are very comfortable that it's the right time to go to the market. But the competition, especially among the uh, local banks, is so uh, tremendous that it's not easy for banks like us with only certain market centre presence mm. to fight not say fight, like, to compete with them effectively. Okay, we're going to come back yeah. to talk about the intense competition. But I did also notice in terms of loans, and I want to get specific here, right? In terms of loans to SMEs, it's $39 billion, right, from OCBC Loan Book. And there was a rise, quite significant rise, because it was $29 billion, uh, for the first half of 2021, $39 billion for 2022 first half. Is this a tactical decision or is it just the fact that SMEs recover, you know, in tandem with their recovery? Or yeah. are you thinking that this is the segment that we want to focus on? I think it's fairly broad-based. The SME is starting to come back again uh, with also the uh, mid-sized corporates as well as the larger companies. So these are the providing the impetus. Unfortunately, the, the retail consumer, I think why we're very strong is deposits, wealth management. But in, com- in terms of loans, I think on mortgages, because it's such a big elephant, if you don't grow enough, you will just keep on re- we are reducing. Mm. And our clients are all blue chip type of clients. Yes. They actually prepay their loans. <laughs> Especially <laughs> but when, that's not necessarily good for you though. Yeah, it's not good. But no. uh, we, we're trying to find ways for them to make better use of their money. Okay. Unfortunately, the investment climate this year has been really choppy. So many investors are also staying away because they've been hurt by the losses in the equity market and the bond. Yeah, uh, but I'm curious if the economy slows down. So segments like the SMEs, are you then worried that perhaps you might see imp- impairments rise for 2023 then? Uh, because we already see that uh, from the first half, I can see impaired loans rose to $2.2 billion from $1.9 billion compared to the same period last year. So is this a trend we can expect? Is there going to be asset quality deterioration in the coming quarters? Yeah, there, there will be some because as you come up from the repayment assistance, the first six months is usually quite easy because reserves have been built up. Mm. But the next six months and uh, the following six, it will be quite choppy. So I think banks are steadily uh, preparing for this. Okay. But their, their capital base is strong enough. And I think what we always tell uh our, our customers is that we're here for good. If you have a problem, we will help you. And I think one good thing about the crisis is that we work very closely with the regulator mm. to help customers in time of need. 
But Dr. Ong, when I looked at your numbers, what surprised me is that I think I see the potential of some chunky impairments, right? Uh, you know, there is this, uh, in your books, a sizable impairment of up to 100 million from a gas, utilities, water sector. I don't know the specifics that was revealed. So are you expecting that in coming quarters? Is this, a, is this also a question of just the wrong strategy the bank took in terms of exposure to certain types of clients? Yeah, I think some of the big, our commercial customers, I think they face some issues um, because of supply chain, mm. construction-related projects. Uh, there's some delay. But it's nothing that uh, will will have a big problem going further. I think we just need to work out with the customers. Most of them, uh, we see light at the end of the tunnel. The worst is over for commercial companies, really. But of course, they have to stay very uh, vigilant, uh, preserve their cash flow, and not embark on too much new projects because I think the market is still quite volatile. Okay, because I looked at Bloomberg and I looked at the OCBC group uh, across all the countries that they operate in. And what was interesting to me was that the total loans for the entire OCBC group for Malaysia is 10%, right? But as a percentage of NPLs is 35%. What does this then say about Malaysia, or is it just the bank's local bank's strategy that went slightly wrong? Okay, um, you see, when when we had the repayment assistance uh, mm. program, we were groping in the dark. So uh, Malaysia OCBC, although we are based here and we have the the Bandagara uh, dispensation, not to recognise those companies under repayment assistance, we decided to take a more conservative stance, following uh, MAS. So our our provisioning and the recognition of MPL is much higher. But if you look at the market today, uh, compared to other banks, in terms of our customers, as at first half of this year, our customers that's under the repayment assistance is less than 1% mm. versus um, uh, uh, industry numbers. Industry is 5%. Okay. So that means our, our customers' uh, portfolio, those requiring re- repayment assistance, is much lower. I don't want to go dwell into the figures, but this is a number that's known to everybody. So our numbers are pretty decent, uh, but our recognition of NPLs are higher because we don't follow Benegara's... Uh, okay, so you're being more prudent and conservative. Yes. Now, we talked about the volatile financial markets and the era of cheap money is coming to an end, right? Benegara raised rates four times this year to 2.75%. Great for your net interest margins. But will this actually dampen loans growth? What are your expectations then? Definitely. I think uh, it's not only dampening dampening loans, but of course, all our investments, bonds and all mm. that will suffer losses, which has happened last year yeah. and, the, and, and this year as well. It's going to. I think the Fed is really uh, determined uh, to bring inflation down. So I think um, it will lead to some kind of volatility in the emerging markets. Malaysia cannot be spared because we are just so tight to the world economy. Yeah, because I I did also look at your numbers as usual. And um, I did notice the bank had a foreign exchange loss of 237 million for the first half, uh, whilst a realized gain of 200 million on trading derivatives. Is this the new challenge for OCBC, managing these investments? All treasurers are going to have a very busy time managing their portfolios. I think uh, I'll be very surprised if people are making big, big bucks now. It's actually managing your portfolio. But of course, some of this will reverse over time. But because accounting uh, rules, you have to recognize them. You have to mark but, to market, uh, right? Mark to market is inevitable. But I think there will be some time when the, the tapering 
of interest rate rises will happen. It may be not immediately, but maybe 12 months from now, mm -hmm. I think central banks all over the world, they will be happy that I think the consumer demand. Some people say that um, the reality of inflation is too much consumption. I believe that's the, that's the case uh, because I think we've been locked down so much. If you go to everywhere, everywhere is bustling. Mm -hmm. Consumption in most countries today is driving GDP. But isn't that good for banks when consumers want good. to consume, they want to borrow? That's how you make your money. Yeah, if everybody is. kept their money in savings, that's not good either. Yeah, it's good. But I think it's one of the key drivers of uh, inflation, if I'm not mistaken. And I think with very tight labour supply, I think we are also kind of worried about the inflation expectations that's built into your wage mm. across, the, uh, across the world. And once it gets like that, it gets into a spiral that's very hard to control. So I think I, I, I recognise that there will be a lot of pain, but it may be necessary. On The Breakfast Grill this morning is Dr. Ong Ing Bing, CEO of OCBC Malaysia. When we come back from the break, has COVID changed banking forever? And is there still a place for foreign banks in this country? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The BFM Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the hot seat this morning is Dr. Ong Eng Bing, CEO of OCBC Malaysia. Just before the break, we asked if there is indeed signs of slowdown in 2023 as banks are always a good barometer of the economy. Now, Dato, before we move on and talk about strategy for 2023, I just want to ask you, are you expecting a fight for deposits as we head to year end? Your friendly competitor, Kari Saleh Ramli, of CEO of Maybank, expects this to intensify. Will you be fighting for your share of the Casa Pie too? It does appear that there's a lot of competition. I think um, banks are looking at the LCR mm. uh, for whether it's window dressing or whatever, there is a fight for deposits. Uh, we're not spared, but I think we're in a very safe uh, zone where I think our loans are not growing as fast. So the, 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 the need to keep deposits will be less than other banks. La. Okay, but uh, this is going to have an impact in terms of profit for 2022 though. I think we've been very successful in managing our deposits uh, the mix, the CASA. We are seeing some uh, drop in the CASA ratios, but it's very slight. So what, what we're saying is that I think while uh, people are very uh, interested to move to longer-term FDs because the ability to get better returns. And I see a lot of promotions actually yeah. on available. Uh, we, we are doing that to uh, keep some of our existing customers because mm. we believe that I think we want them to stay with us for longer term. Even at the moment, we believe that it will come at a price. We're willing to do that because we're here for good. So even though it might impact your margins? There will be some margin sacrifices. But I think most banks have the benefit of NIM going up. So mm. I think they should pass it back to the consumers. La. Very generous of you. I'm not sure all bankers think the same thing though. Uh, but let's change tech and talk about growth for 2023. I mean, like I said earlier on, the pandemic has changed banking for good with the acceleration towards digitalization. now. OCBC has 31 conventional branches and seven Islamic. And in the past, foreign banks were hampered on that front because you couldn't just simply open branches, right? So does this matter less now? Yes, it does. Uh, I think one of the uh, initial meetings that we had with the uh, governor is that if indeed the digital banks are able to open uh, business without branches, can the banks also do the same? And what can we was, also reduce branches? What was the answer for she the governor? Yes. 
uh, we're very glad that she's very open and the fact that we're able to actually grow new customers now with our own digital uh, initiatives. Today, uh, we don't have to open branches. So no, our, no more plans to open any more branches in Malaysia? We won't say never, say never. But mm. uh, I think at the moment, we are fairly represented in all the key towns and uh, Klang Valley, of course, the major areas. And we, we have the, for consumer and business, we have the EBIS, which we are opening thousand over customers' accounts so, every month. So, Dato, does, so that a 90-year-old bank like OCBC doesn't feel threatened by the impending five digital banks in Malaysia? Uh, not yet. I think we are looking to see what uh, strategies they have. We have a team looking at what we expect them to do. But I think it's good for consumer all around. I mm. think we've seen how it happened in Singapore, in Hong Kong and all that. They will not be an immediate threat. I think we have some learnings from them. Uh, at the same time, we also look at ways we can collaborate with them because we always believe that nowadays to grow, you have to be more strategic. Partnerships is the way we grow and we don't rule out um, um, doing business with each other. We've been actually doing a lot of business with our fellow, subs uh, fellow bankers, whether it's Maybank in the syndications or we place money with them and stuff like that. So, so I do believe that we have a lot to offer the digital banks. Mm. Uh, same, 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 uh, same for them as well. And staying on the topic of com competition, I think it's safe to say that UOB, especially after the acquisition of Citibank's consumer assets, is the largest foreign bank in this yes. country, right? In terms of assets, deposits, and even profitability. And they just still have 5% market share. Are you happy to be number two in this country with HSBC a close third? Uh, well, we, we try to look at market share, but at the same time, we also try to look at other things because market share always gives the impression that you're always competing with each other. Aren't you always competing with, with each other though? <laughs> we try to be like golf, you know, where you try to improve your own handicap. <laughs> so if, if you think about it, uh, for me is that uh, we like to improve our customer service and to improve the way we, we deal with customers and in the eyes of the customer because if you keep on talking about measuring other people, some people may actually do worse and they drop. And it's not because they're doing better. <laughs> so uh, we, we try to focus on customer service. In, in fact, when we look at that, we realize there's so much for us to do. It's not just in the consumer side, it's the corporates, how we turn around faster. How do we ask questions better? Feel cust and, and in the customer's mind, feel that we're helping them rather than interrogating them. Mm. When we want to find out What's happening to their business? Okay, and uh, does it, but then is the real competition actually among actually the local banks? Because they've been chipping away at the market share of foreign banks in the last 10 years. I mean, even in terms of share of loans, overall foreign bank share of assets in the banking system fell 22% to 19% for the same period. And even OCBC's profits, 946 million in 2013 to drop to 664 million in 2021. I mean, is it harder to compete with them because they're just very much more aggressive, especially when it comes to mortgages, financing terms? Yeah. All over the world, I think uh, local banks will always have the heads up because I think their conviction and also their uh, uh, so-called ambitions in the local market is always very high. Yes. So in Singapore, in China, 
it's like that. So we know that it's not possible to really compete. So we try to focus on niche areas. So what is your niche area? Is it something like sustainable link loans? Because I see that in your reports. Is this something that you think can move the needle for OCBC? I think that's one of those things. But again, I think many banks are also doing that. And I believe that's a good thing because I think uh, the, the bank needs to move in sustainable financing in a big way, not just in the big corporates. So it's not also. just greenwashing. No, I, but I can tell you that the challenges are huge. It's like somebody, you know that you should lose weight, but how do you do it? <laughs> how do you get everybody to lose weight and eat right? You know, banks want to do the right thing, but there are lots of challenges. Are customers prepared? Are they ready? If they, if they come to you and say, okay, you want me to go into this business, I'm going to need X amount of money. Are you willing to lend to me because my balance sheet has been hurt in mm. the last two years? So things like that. I think it's a wake-up call for banks. Uh, COVID was a wake-up call. COVID was good for environment, bad for business. Um, now we are coming back. Carbon release is highest ever. Yes. So there are lots of challenges, I think. But again, we should not waver because... We don't give up. We shouldn't give up so easily. Even at the expense of profit, Dato, if you have to walk away from business, which is not environmentally friendly, doesn't meet your ESG criteria, but can be profitable, what do you do? We have been doing that for the last couple of years. Uh, In fact, uh, we were one of the first banks in ASEAN to actually say no to new coal-fired stations. Even though we realise that some countries, developing countries, Mm. do need that. But we know that I think we need to uh, say what we mean Okay, and that's and, what we did. And Dato, would OCBC consider inorganic growth and acquisition? Because it's a very crowded landscape in Malaysia. 26 commercial banks, 18 are foreign, 17 Islamic banks, 11 investment banks, and 6 development uh, financial institutions. We, we are always looking at opportunities, not just in Malaysia, but also in Singapore. I think the one thing, if you look at our capital, it's very strong. Yes. So the capacity to make acquisitions inorganically is there, Anything in your sights? Um, not that we can see at the moment, but uh, we never... It doesn't necessarily mean that you could buy a company. You can buy a portfolio of business uh, when opportunities... Right now, it's the discovery of the price and the value. That's Is there value do, out there, though? Is there it? are. There are. There are. We, we see some companies, uh, some banks uh, are, are trading very... At interesting valuations. So we can expect an announcement. We always tell uh, customers, if you feel that the the interest rates are too low, you can always buy the bank shares. (laughs) They pay better returns, actually. Well, Dato, I also gather you're turning 16 next year. What are your plans? Is retirement on the cards? Why not? I mean, uh, I'm looking forward. I've been working for over 36 years, if you count the years that before the bank. So I am looking forward to some change. Okay, and succession planning has already been yeah. done. I think the bank, uh, we, we did our long service award just over the uh, weekend. And I think OCBC is helmed by people with so many years of experience. So it's in safe hands. I can sleep easy and keep my money there and keep my <laughs> shares in OCBC. On that note, thank you for your time. On the Breakfast Grill this morning was Dato Ong Eng Beng, CEO of OCBC Malaysia. I'm Wong Shaoning, BFM 89.9. The Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile, where unlimited potential begins. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.